0: Let's get into today's show with your host, Shelly R. Shearer. Hello, world, and welcome
1: to the show. Shelly Shearer here, and welcome back. I'm sorry I'm a, almost a week behind getting part two of this, uh, of this uh, segment out, but my mic is fixed. And since the sound from two ago was so bad with that old headset, I really just wanted to wait till Amazon brought me my my new uh, Blue Yeti uh, connection. Somehow the connection of the old one just wasn't connecting properly at the bottom and my computer wasn't recognizing the mic. We couldn't kind of zip in and out. So technical stuff fixed. Now, I've had some real crazy stuff also happen this week. A lot of family drama, some fighting um, some admissions by my husband about some better health results. So I'm going to share them all as story examples in our discussion about inclination. Now, if any of you have downloaded my ebook off my website, you'll know that some of these topics, this is, these are the topics I, I talk about. And I really, I've never been super, super happy with that word because I'm like, does everyone understand what that word means? It's, it's the way you are. It's your natural tendency. So I went looking on, you know, Google to find a, synonym? Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Uh, For the word to see if there was just a more layman's term. Oh my goodness, people. The words were actually less layman-like, but we could could say natural tendencies or behaviors, but behaviors can be adjusted. Inclination is your personality. It describes completely your physical, your mental, your emotional traits. So I'm going to get into that one today. And they differ from person to person. But all of these characteristics define our dispositions. So the choice was inclination or disposition. Honestly, I couldn't tell you which one I preferred, so let's just stick with inclination and we'll just interchange them. What do I mean by inclination or disposition? Okay, for instance, I'm an A-type personality. An A-type personality, we tend to be impatient, kind of hard driving, get things done, finds answers, you know, get her done. Well, a habit of an A-type personality could be, it is for me, rapid eating. I'm impatient. I talk fast. I eat fast. I do everything fast. That is grossly unhealthy. Years ago, I'm up in Whistler with my mom and sister. I took them away for for a girls' weekend to my timeshare. And we ran into friends that my sister knows from our church. Young couple. And pretty little, tiny little thing And she's taking, she's got a takeout container in her hand and she's just chatting, you know, where'd you go for breakfast, Da da da. you know, we're the typical Price Woman. We've been for bacon, eggs and hash browns, you know, type idea, like let's go for a breakfast and like we're camping or something. Uh, She opened it up and it was just cut up fresh fruit. I don't think she'd ordered anything else actually for breakfast that I was aware of. Maybe there was toast but in the time that her husband and her other friends that she'd gone for breakfast with had eaten their full meals, she had still not managed to eat all that fruit and and just got through the piece of toast and some of the fruit and was taking it home. I know that may seem like a really silly story, but it's always stuck in my head, probably because I looked at my sister and her, after she walked away, I says, is she kidding? <laughs> How can anybody eat that slow? My sister, my whole family probably eats fairly quickly. So I probably never really noticed it until I got older and, you know, started working on myself and my health that these things were important. Now I'm a celiac and I didn't discover that I was actually a celiac till I was in my late twenties. They knew I had an allergic reaction to sort of the uh, issues around uh, consuming caffeine. I just say I'm allergic to caffeine. I'm really not. What I'm, what I have an issue with is I react to the chemicals that are released out of the body when you introduce caffeine into your body. Uh, it kind of it's almost like adrenaline and things like that. Breaks my skin out, causes uh, nasty reactions. So I don't eat chocolate or drink Coke or, or, uh, or eat, uh, drink coffee, anything like that. I've had that issue since I was 16 years of age. I manage that very easily, very easily. I know some of you are thinking, no, chocolate? I eat white chocolate. Um, I'm hypoglycemic. I have to be careful about that white chocolate. I find out I'm a celiac. These things all are on my radar because I was having poor digestion. I get a lot of gas. It's embarrassing, guys. It's embarrassing. You know, when you're at a black tie function and you're in a long gown and you're like, oh, I might need to leave the room, that's mortifying. Or say you didn't get out in time. Double mortifying. And by the way, that happened. (laughs) So health has been on my radar since I was in my teens. I had an eating disorder in my teens. I worked very hard as a young adult to overcome that. I was already had the health stuff sort of in my purview or in my, in my line of sight. Uh, Don't really know if one led to, you know, what led, I'm not really sure if it was later after I finally got counseling at 18 or 19 or, but I remember eating all the salads and everything at 16, 17 too. So I don't know why I have a fascination with health, but I do. And I'm very grateful for that. So I discover stuff. I go learn stuff it's important to me and this digestive issue that I had, I really, it was embarrassing. I wanted, I wanted to find out what was going on. So rapid eating is an issue of mine. What did I have to do? Create habits around it to stay healthy. Did you know that your mouth, not only does your teeth chew up things and break it down, you have saliva in your mouth that starts the digestive process of carbohydrates. And honestly, I guess if I could say anything, what is the one type of food that if you're going to overeat it or eat it really quickly, what is it going to be? Yes, carbs. We woof the pizza down. We woof the chips down. We eat the cheesies, the bread, the... It's like munchy snacks and it's like sugar stuff. All carbohydrates, by the way, even candy. Popcorn. We don't woof down the steak. And if we do, I'll get to that in a minute. We can counteract that a little bit because the stomach has all the acid for that protein and fat stuff, but the mouth is about the carbohydrate. So no matter where I've lived, teeniest little places, bigger places, my own homes, there's never been a TV in the main living area or the kitchen or the bedroom. It's it's my thing. Bedrooms for sleeping and other things. Bathrooms are for bathroom things. My office is for office things. And your living room is for visiting and, and relaxing. Dining rooms are for eating, okay? TV rooms are for watching TV. You go into it, you do your thing, you leave it. That's, I've always been very, very black and white about that. And anyone that knows me knows that my homes are, have all been that, like, that way. And they are that way still today. Why? Because watching it at TV is a distraction and you you eat quickly and overeat without even realizing because you are distracted. So distractions are terrible for people that eat quickly, Okay. When I, although I've been self-employed my whole life, more or less since an adult, uh, even when I had clients where I went into the offices once a week doing bookkeeping and stuff, if I'm in mean, that office environment at a desk or in a lunchroom, I would leave my desk if I could. I mean, not saying I never ate at my desk, of course, but I'm conscious of it. I went to the lunchroom to, to eat. When you're alone... Sometimes I might read, I don't find that as a distracting, but usually I just focus on the food, the look, the smell. I want to taste that gluten-free lasagna. I want to have my decaf coffee. I want to enjoy it while it's hot and not have it go cold on my desk because I'm distracted. Maybe find someone in the lunchroom to visit with for a few minutes. I don't mind that because you know what? You don't talk with your mouthful. You put your fork down between, between bites. It slows everything down. The other person talks, you chew. These are my habits. I don't even think about those in my life anymore. Now I turned 55 on Monday. Woo-hoo! Happy birthday to me, June 1st. And I, I, I am not even remotely shy about my birthday. I just found out one of my kids best friends across the street. Who's in my home all the time. It's his birthday today. I'm like, Rome, honey, is there a reason I had to find that out on Facebook when you were in my house two days ago? He's like, no, 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 I don't. Ha-. I says, oh no, honey. No, 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 <laughs> no. I tell everybody I am completely what's the word I'm looking for? I have no shame (laughs) whatsoever. My birthday's all about me and my husband is fan-freaking-tastic and he makes it even more all about me. I have a birthday week a month sometimes. It's wonderful. So yeah, no guilt here whatsoever. I don't even think about the eating situation anymore. I know I eat too quickly and 25 years ago, 30 years ago, I, 25 years ago, I put things in place 25 years ago. I made myself conscious about it. I have habits. I have a lifestyles that revolve around not overeating and not eating too fast. As blood type AB, I do not have the stomach acid of a blood blood type O, who could probably we always I always joke about those people being the goats of of the world. I've married to one. Keith could eat anything, anything and digest it. Me, no, 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 no. So I take it slower. I love food, by the way. I want to taste it, smell it, enjoy it. And I want to feed. Food is not something I eat. um, You know, they say you should eat to survive, not survive to eat. I do both. I'm a foodie. I love food. That's why I love cruising. That's why I love nice restaurants in Vegas. Um, We rarely eat out here at home. That's the other thing. I'm a cook. I like to cook. Keith and I, that in our budget it's not our priority having other people feed us unless we're away, that's our treat. In our own home, that health thing, I know what fats are in there, what sodiums are in there. It's my body and it is the only place I have to live until I die. And then I'll go somewhere else. So I am all about my choices, I wanna be healthy. My inclination, I'm a rapid eater. My habit, I just laid them out for you, all righty? All right, so enough about that one for right now. Growth and development stem from our inclinations though, and that's just something I want to bring up for a second because you know I talk about not living in regret and high-functioning habits, and this series is about creating good habits. But you need to understand a little bit when you are learning things and, and, and deciding on what's going on that your inclination will also be what drives you to be a high, higher-functioning person, okay? High-functioning in whatever it is. I do not care. Business, health with a disease, just be the best you can be in any circumstances. Okay. So if your inclination is driving how you, your growth and development, which it stems from that, you also need to know that an underlying factor of actually doing anything is the desire to do it. So we talked about that last time. You've made a choice. Do you have a desire? Yes. Now let's talk about inclinations. Now, say you're a person, we talked about my rapid eating, you're a person that is um, easily distracted. That would put me be good or just don't really notice details. I'm a freak. I notice everything. I don't remember everything. I have my girlfriend, Beatrice for that. She can remember everything since grade one and tells me often. <laughs> I do not have that memory. She can jog it in my brain, but it's not, where my, it's, not where I, it's not where I live. My husband is visual and he's easily distracted. He also has a love language. His second love language is gifts of service. Why am I telling you this? A couple months back, Keith had a colonoscopy because his brother has battled cancer and one, thank heavens, and his other siblings all had a lot of polyps and he finally went in, hit a bit of blood and they said, let's go take a peek. Well, as it turned out, he only had one polyp. Great. They removed it, but he's got diverticulitis. That needs to be managed. If you don't know what that is, I might as well just educate you quickly. It's little folds in your uh, colon tract. And if you do not have enough fiber and your food is not moving well enough and hydrated enough, then things get stuck in those pockets, they get inflamed, then it gets infected, okay? And then you're on antibiotics. You could also perforate your bowel if you are not careful. It can be very serious. Now, my husband's like, oh, it's nothing. Mind you, we get this news from the nurses. he's coming out, out of anesthetic, and he was the funniest high person I've ever seen. And he thinks he has some concept of the conversation that went on. No, not even close. He has got mild to moderate diverticulitis. They realize right now that he was probably fine, but he had enough folds and things that it was the flesh itself was serious enough that if he was not careful, this could be a problem. Now, the last almost 10 years, we've been really great because he uses a, a shake mix for some multi-level marketing company that... Um, has really good fiber in it and he's been on and off it for years but what he wouldn't admit and he would kill me if he ever listened to this is he's got kind of loose stooly diarrhea most of the time and when i tell him that he goes no i don't but he's not the one that cleans the toilet and i know that might be a little graphic guys but hey this is life i've got the gas (laughs) okay this is the deal your health is important I put them on a product three months ago from a company called Plexus, and it's all about the biome. So this is all about your pre and probiotics, because that is, they're really, really understanding now that your gut has a lot to do with the rest of your body's health, including your brain. Now, I've always been inclined this way, but now it's really becoming a little more mainstream. And my husband has a crappy diet, and he drinks fairly heavily, and he loves his sugar. Those do not make good... um, a combo for someone with diverticulitis or to stay healthy okay so first month as long as I leave those pills we're in his visual line of sight and I'm appealing to his love language in a little teeny dish on top of the microwave I put the quote-unquote the prebiot the, probi- uh, the probiotic the po- we jokingly call them the poop pills the magnesium and something else is in them He doesn't, he was willing to take these pills and this drink mix for three months and give it a try. Well, he hates taking pills. So I slip in a couple of aloe vera pills because that is fabulous uh, for the digestion as well. And his vitamin D along with one medication that he takes for a bit of high blood pressure, which he probably isn't going to need much longer. But you know what? He's, he's just gone on it and he feels a little bit attached to it because we had a real health scare with him last September and he's a little nervous. So he's sort of taking it to heart and I appreciate that. I do. As long as the pills are there when he walks over in the morning and the bag that holds all his little satchels, uh, sachets of, uh, the drink mix he puts in his water in the morning, that's very yummy. That is his prebiotic. He will take them. If those were in a cupboard, no. If I didn't leave them out for him, no. Now you all might go, really? It's like, you know what? Judge if you want, but I'm just saying, do you want to be right? Or do you want to be happy? Do you want good habits? I have created a habit for him. Granted, it was a bit of a habit for me, but something I need to give you as a disclaimer. I'm already standing at the kitchen sink, opening the cupboard, getting out my supplements. I don't need them in my line of sight. I have really good habits for that. And I have a cupboard de- uh, designated to it. I don't go searching around in drawers. It is right there above my blender where I make my protein shake every morning. Are you are you seeing the pattern here? That is my inclination. I know I want to be healthy. I know that I like having liquid in the morning that's full of nutrients because it gets a lot of stuff out of the way for me. I worked with my habits, my inclinations, uh, my choices, and this is the best solution for me. A couple times a week, I have paleo pancakes or something, and on the weekends, you bet Keith can make me the full, uh, what do they call that? The full Irish. <laughs> there we go. If we're doing yard work and I'm going to wear off all those potatoes and all that bacon, no problem. Now bring it on. Okay, you can bring on a full Irish anytime. I have habits that I will not forget those supplements. They can be in the fridge, they can be in the cupboard. My husband, absolutely no way if they are not in his line of sight. And if I forget to put them in the dish, he does notice that the the bottles are there and will say, hey babe, um, what about my pills? Again, be judgy all you like. I realize that I am, what's the word we're looking, enabling him, but I made a choice to make that enablement part of his health regime. And as long as those pills are in that little container, he has created that habit for himself. He makes his own protein shake in the morning, but he doesn't think to open the cupboard above it and take out his his vitamins. I do. So we use both our habits for that. Is that sort of making sense to you? Because shelf help won't help. If you buy a book, you buy a supplement, and it's in the cupboard or on a shelf, and you never go to either of those places, then get it on a counter or beside your bed. Somewhere you drink water first thing, if they have to be with food, where you have lunch or have dinner. I have supplements in my office on the, on the side of my credenza because they need to be taken on an empty stomach. So I take them between the meals, things from my brain. Okay. There's stuff upstairs that in the nighttime is in the bathroom. I always have a bottle of water in the bathroom because we have the, what do you call it? The his and hers. You know, I've got my own little vanity area and there's always a full water bottle with ionized alkaline water there there's pills I take there at night. No problem. I remember they're right there. I can't, I can't miss them. Don't think willpower is going to get you where you want to be. I'm sorry, but it's, it's just not. You need to work on that. And sometimes visualizing will help. And then I'm going to talk about something emotional and hopefully we'll not forget to come back to it. One of the things they discovered in, um, Some study that I had looked up was that people have a very persuasive, and I'm quoting here now, guys, inclination to display defensive adaptations, such as denying, dismissing, or avoiding a threat in some way. So if what you're trying to put into practice is somehow feeding into some inadequacy, or you're trying willpower and keep failing, so now you're beating up on yourself and telling yourself you're a loser, you following me here? That's not good. So this study showed that a person, it would find that an essential tool in creating high functioning habits would be inclinations and self-esteem. And in order to have good self-esteem, one of the best ways to do that is visualization. Okay. Because what you think in your mind, you attract and who it's who you become. So practicing that in your head, practicing visualizing the person that you want to be, the habit you want to be. In place, and maybe even the result of why the habit's there in the first place. You want to be healthier. I want a sharper mind. My fibromyalgia gives me something they call it fibro fog. It is fantastically annoying. I also have a little bit of a fear, but I try not and and and, and uh, focus on it. Twenty-five uh, only genetics only play twenty-five percent of of your predestination, guys. So please make sure that you are. The other seventy-five percent is all on you. Well. Dementia and Alzheimer runs rampant in my family, which is the third example I'm going to use today. And I worry, what if I follow suit? I'm already 55. What if 10 years from now, my life declines? I get, you know, I have to visualize being vibrant. I want to visualize guys being on stage and talking to all of you at 70. I want to be, I want to be Lois Hayes, man. that yeah, right? That's who I want to be. I visualize that, I work on that image in my head. You need to do the same thing because if you have habits that are about beating yourself up, oh guys, we got to break those habits as well. So a third example then, emotional stuff. You know, I talked about eating and health. Guys, habits can be in anything. This could be business habits for you. This could be enabling your children when you should be letting them grow up and, and teaching them that, you know, they need to look after themselves. And the hard part about sometimes, my girlfriend will get that reference. The hard part about some of these habits we we put into place and rituals is because we actually want something. We want a certain result. And a girlfriend of mine made that made a really good observation of that about her own self recently. She said, you know what, I, I grew up in a very unhappy home. And I want that in my own home. So she's got grown boys that are living at home. And sometimes they're feeling, they're getting a little entitled. Like mom still looks after us, cooks for us and everything. Because she likes that harmonious situation where they're all around the dinner table. So she's bringing something. And then, But then she realized, oh, this isn't serving them. It's serving me. And we can do this so often in our life. We can, uh, what did my sister say once with her kids? Oh my gosh. I just tell them to walk away and I will do it. I'll do it myself. Now, my sister and I are a bit neat freaks. We really are. We're like our mom. We're like our mom used to be. And one of her daughters, her eldest, is a slob. She's married to four kids now. Still a slob. Okay. <laughs> and Angie and I were joking about this and she says, yeah, you know, because I remember growing up, I didn't do them any, I didn't do them any help, uh, any, I did them all the harm because it was just easier for me to walk in and do it. You just go outside. I'll clean your room. That was serving a need in her to get it done, get it done quickly. It did nothing to serve the requirement of her children to learn to clean up after themselves or to cook for themselves, to do their own laundry. Okay, that was a big thing in my house was the laundry. Ryan, my son, was doing his laundry at 11. Wasn't doing his sheets, his towels. You know, he was doing his clothes only. Taught him how to separate them. You do your laundry. And he's been doing it ever since. (laughs) My husband, when we got met in our mid-30s, had been single and it was doing his own laundry. We've been married now going on 19, 18 years this year, together 21. I still don't do his laundry and I will not. <laughs> I do the sheets and the towels and the bedding, but we do each other's. We do our own laundry. Didn't need to take that away from him. He's a grown boy. Okay, so these I let habits that were already in place just stay there. I didn't need to step in. And let me tell you, I got a lot of limiting beliefs and backstories from my younger years where I w- could have stepped right in. And I'll look after that. I'm a control freak. I've got it. Yeah, no, I by 35, I already had some of these things beat. <laughs> and I was well on my way to letting it go. So emotional stuff. I saw a great saying today. And let's see if I can remember how to, s- oh, yeah. Change Your Perception is this guy I follow on Instagram. And honestly, he just has the best content. I just love it. And today it really spoke to me. And it really spoke to me too, because my coach Adam actually had, from the Mental Mastery Alliance, had posted something as well in the morning. It was something about uh, no matter how how hard it gets or what gets thrown at me, because you, you always think you just can't handle one more thing, but the world throws one more thing at you. He paraphrases, by the way, and I'm still going. And I, I commented on it, he goes, yeah, I thought of you when I posted that this morning. Because we had a chat about some stuff, the drama that happened in my family earlier in the week. And then today, another huge blowout. Then two things happened. I just got to share a little segue with you because I just found this, you know, I believe in God and my aunt's a Christian, but if you believe in the universe or karma or whatever, this was amazing. I hung up from my mom who just, it was just an awful conversation of judgment by on her part and no recognition for where she is in life with her memory and just blame 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 it, it was very awful I literally had my head on my desk and was crying going okay get your emotions under control Shelly you can only you can only deal with your reaction to the situation and my aunt phones me we text a bit and I always see her when I go up to our family home in Penticton but she phoned me and she goes what's going on at the house and I was like What's good? What do you mean? I just phoned your dad and my dad's got advanced dementia and he's still, but he's still living at home and he still answers the phone if he has his earring aids in, but he doesn't know what to do with the phone. Once he answers it, then he just yells for my mom. Well, my mom's probably ignoring him because she's just hung up on me, screaming at me. So my niece and her four kids and a dog are all up at the family home right now. And my aunt's never seen that much activity. So I guess it caught her eye. She probably drove by. They only live a few blocks away She knows that I look after the house and that we're up there every month. And I usually let her know when someone's going to be around. But my niece went up without telling anybody until the very last second. So I didn't get a chance to tell my aunt. Then she phones. My dad's freaking out. She figured there was a problem. But when she catches me crying my eyes out, she was like, oh, that's why I'm phoning. Okay. Okay. She says, I just knew I had to phone. She was amazing. She was just amazing. That support. My segue a little bit on, on habits is you also have to have habits that have bound, that sometimes means putting boundaries into place and having boundaries is a habit. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. Let me, re- I find this part a bit emotional, just so you guys know, I struggle with it, but having boundaries is a high functioning habit. And then I ca- after my aunt, you know, she prayed for me, her and my uncle were like, you know, we've got your back. I, we have watched this relationship with you and your mom your whole life, how unfair it is, how she treats you. We don't agree with it, but just know that we love you and, and we've got your back. That meant everything to me because family is so very important to me. And I had to go outside of my own family to create a family because mine, you know, just, just wasn't there. But you know what I had to accept was there's no light without dark. The sad part is they're my dark. But they brought me to the place that I can be here podcasting and coaching and helping other people because of my pain. And I had to learn to let it go. But they still can press those buttons sometimes. And then I saw this on Instagram from the guy at Change Your Perception. You have to stop explaining yourself to people who have already made up their minds about you. Habits aren't just about eating right and sleeping right, turning your screen off at the right time. Those are disciplines, actually. Those are things that you decide, they are good habits, do not get me wrong. But habits are more. High-functioning habits in my world are way more than that. They're about knowing yourself and why you do it, choosing to be the type of person you want to be in your life, your marriage, as a parent, as a child, in your business, in your hobbies, understanding yourself and putting things into place that don't always require just sheer willpower, perhaps cutting toxic people out of your life. Now I've had a bit of a dream and I think any of my regular listeners have probably seen, uh, heard me show gratitude about how amazing my relationship with my mother has been for the past two years since her memory started to go. It's like she forgot to be mean to me. It has been wonderful or critical or anything But her mind is really starting to decline this last month or so. And for some reason, she's obsessed on the family home that I look after for her. And she's turned on back that mean button. And she's just obsessed about it. And it's my house. And you don't do anything without talking to me. She cannot drive there any longer safely. She'll never go back unless I take her. Uh, I look after the house for the family. The whole family uses it. And she has grandchildren you know, that are married now with children that I've made it lovely for them. We just love the, the house is old and kind of yucky, but the area is beautiful and and the Okanagan Valley is my home and the Petitian house is my home. It may be my mother's house, but it is my home. And she's just, we just, and she just can't remember conversations. And then there's this, all this blame and I have to let her illness go. Her words, they aren't about me. They're just, they're not about you guys when people do this to you. Boundaries are a habit. And the reason I say that is because you have to practice putting them into place over and over and over again until it comes naturally till you just can say, you know what? I love you for who you are, but I don't talk to you about these things and I don't see you or phone. Who knows what those boundaries might be for you? Maybe like my mom right now, we're going to limit the phone calls. They go to the same place every time with her. Even if I just phone to say, hey, how you doing? Is the son's nice? Daddy doing okay? She takes it in. A, in she just brings it up and take, drags me there. And I'm working super hard to not talk about things. No, that's, that's not a good boundary, guys. So I will go down and visit them in person once a week. But I'm going to limit the phone calls for a little bit. It has been going great for two years. It's not going great now. My habit has to change. It is okay to change a habit as well. When something doesn't work for you, we go through phases in our lives, decades actually. And not only do those things change, but your inclinations and disposition, most of it stays with you for most of your life. But I am definitely inclined in different directions now at this age than I was at 25. 55 and 25, very different for me. That's why I coach women 25 to 40. Now, I realize that my, this podcast has a significant amount of male listeners, thank you, and that a lot of my social media tracks different demographics, but my coaching business, my niche is 25 to 40-year-old women that want an easier and more vibrant life by putting in good habits into place. It is my job as a coach to help hold their hand and let them know that they're enough. That's not my whole audience, but that's my coaching client niche, okay? Younger me's, I always say. I coach younger me's that went through the, that are going through these things, that have these pains, that think they're not enough, that perhaps have let bad habits slip into their life, that are going to get older and have regrets. No, 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 no. We have lessons. That's a mindset. Okay. And that's my niche. Boundaries and emotional stuff, all these habits, they all are important in your life. I saw this saying and it's it's in the ebook, it says, inclinations are cheap, yet they form the form the foundation upon which we build our habits and how f- high functioning we could be in our daily lives. I'm not a hundred percent in agreement with that because when I grew up the expression was intentions are cheap. Um, actions is, you know, is where everything was as. But you know in, in all fairness, how we're inclined and our disposition and how we choose to, you know, to to be without thinking about it unconsciously uh it is true they can be flawed but you do need to understand that your inclinations they are the foundation that we build our habits that is one of the most important things i want you to take away from today's podcast your inclinations form the foundation for your for your habits so you need to understand how you do stuff why comes later and sometimes, do you really need to understand why you do something? Lots of times, guys, you don't. You just need to understand that you do it and change it, okay? Now, understanding why is fascinating to me. Do not get me wrong. I just dig all around in that in that, uh, in that uh, sand pile. Uh, and we'll get into a little bit of that probably. But do understand that. Choices are first, and now inclinations. They are the foundation to which you build your habits. And we're going to keep going with this next week. It will probably be late in the week. It'll be a solid week before I podcast again. Guys, I'm going away. It's my birthday. Yes, again, I am shameless. I know I am. But until we speak again next week, think on this. Just put it in your mind. Hold, it's just like doing the affirmations and having a mindset of positivity. Just hold it in your head. Watch your behavior over the next week. What do you do without thinking? And if you can figure out why you do it without thinking that my, you get, this is me just having a little clap for you, um, mainly I just want you to pay attention. F- think about who you are, what you do, why you do it. These are your dispositions as a person and we'll carry
0: on from there. I'll catch you on the flip side, everybody. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. Stay connected with us directly through livingwellwithshell.com. You can also join the discussion on Twitter at livingwellwithshell and Instagram at www.instagram.com livingwellwithshell. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through shelley at livingwellwithshell.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Thank you. And remember, willpower will only get you so far if you don't have a plan.